if you like Interstellar, Dune, or Inception, you need to watch this. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. On the Athletic Network, it's Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, it's for you. Next to him is the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Whole bunch of you here ready for this NBA mock draft. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. We got a fun one here. We are going to discuss Zion Williamson and the trade talk that is building momentum. Draymond Green has declined his player option. What does that mean for his future there with the Warriors? And Chris Paul, none too happy with the OG Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed off. So we'll get one. into that. But today's pod, we're doing something that I don't think we've ever done before. Hmm. And that is a little mock draft when it comes to the upcoming draft this Thursday night, which I believe we're going to have a playback watch party for as well. So uh, we'll make sure to get you that link a little bit later. But yeah, we've never done this. We are not draft experts by any means. We never pretend to be. Never said we have been. But who cares? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Do a little research, learn the names, watch some tape. I mean, if they can do it, we can do it. You can tell there's an all-time great recruit in the mix, <laughs> right? Like, uh, maybe the reason that we've never done a mock draft is because the show started after LeBron came into the NBA. Yeah, interesting. Perhaps we would have back then. Maybe. Now we got Victor Wembanyama. Nobody even talks about the number one pick right now. Nope. Not even a per chance that it would be considered to be traded. Nobody else considered going for number one. It feels like the draft starts at number two. We're just, like, going to spend 15 minutes talking about Vic at the top of the show. Cool. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Maybe we should zag. Zag? The only, <laughs> the only mock draft that didn't take Wembenyama number one? I love it. Let's get crazy. Kobe Bufkin number one. Would you trade a Untapped whole team potential. for Victor Wembenyama? <laughs> yeah, the real question is how long uh, on Thursday night's broadcast will it take for the Spurs to announce, for uh, Silver to come out there with the card that says that they're taking Wembenyama number one? Will they play it out for the drama of television tasks and take, like, what, all five minutes? Or will it be, like... The draft has started, and do 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 do. You hear the little chime, and right away they just go with the pick because we know it's going to be mm. Wembenyama. What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll take three to four minutes. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they got to build, build a little drop because they need to show us the crazy clips of Wembenyama. They got to talk him up. Is yeah, is he gonna be you know along the same lines as your Elijah ones and your Ralph Sampsons and your Duncans and all these Ooh, guys? That the have comparisons. Been, yeah, we'll get a bunch of that. I'm sure. Someone's got to say he's seven five. Because that's how tall he is. <laughs> oh, he's grown, right? Yeah. Well, that's what our man Sam Vecini said. He didn't skip a beat. He just said he's 7'5". That's big. That's big. <laughs> <laughs> it is big. Uh, okay, so let's have some fun here. It is. You're right, though, Trey, because besides him at, at one, it, it does feel like a lot of things are up in the air. A part of that is a lot of these uh, lottery picks could be moved, 
right? You know, what are the Blazers going to do with the number three pick? What are the Magic going to do? Are they going to keep both six and 11? What are the Mavericks doing with the number 10 pick? Um, you know, multiple reports that the Pelicans want to move up. Maybe the Raptors want to move up. Maybe the Wizards want to move up. So, yeah, uh, a lot of question marks surrounding that. I think for the for for the sake of our mock draft, we won't get nuts doing trades. You know what I mean? Like right this second. That, that'll happen maybe later as we get closer to the draft on Thursday or even we just wait for the actual trades to happen because then it can get really, really confusing. We're good, but we're not that good. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to be hitting the trade machine as well as the draft boards. No, not <laughs> so right now. We have our guy, Jerome, up in Toronto who's going to be helping us out with the uh, the broadcast here on YouTube today. He'll be doing his best to update the board in, in, in real time. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm very happy you're not going to do any trades to this because that was the one request I had. <laughs> I did not want to have to update this board for it. But yeah, we have a board ready. Uh, Ooh, you can this look at this. Okay, we're only doing the lottery picks. Yeah, I should have made that clear. We're not, right, we're we're doing not true the sickos picks. here, yeah. I, I do have 30 names saved for copying and pasting in. Ooh, I wow. wonder who is going to be zagging that far over. Gonna say. Okay, I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to find out. Do you have uh, any uh, – are you a draft guy at all, Jerome? Like, Is this something you follow really closely? <laughs> Pumping it for intel? I, or no? I, I'm just one season in on the NBA Sicko podcast. If you guys are not the draft people, I do not know how I was going to come in with that. Fair I, enough. I should, I should become the draft expert. That will be my one Sicko. That's wow. what – that's what I should do at this yeah, point. Yeah, well, we would have you on every every show <laughs> yeah. leading up to the draft again because we know very very little. Uh, before we get to actually picking, like, how much did you do? A lot of work the last couple days. I mean, I'm I assume you've read your Sam Vicini's and maybe your KOCs and maybe fired up the YouTube's. Or do you not care at all? I don't give I, a shit if that's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to learn about the power play rule and the. OTE league, the overtime league here <laughs> in Atlanta. The Thompson Twins. <laughs> the Thompson Twins. There's a power play in that league. Yeah. Where yeah. you they literally go five on three for a second when you get into the the extra fouls. When when you're in the foul penalty, essentially. It's like a there's like a penalty box for a guy on the side. So is it difficult to assess the Thompson Twins in that <laughs> league as an alternative to the NCAA? I don't know. People are saying, well, what is what is the competition level? You kind of know it at the NCAA level, but at the same time, do you really? I mean, I, I... Well, there's four different pathways when you think about it, right? You got the NCAA. Yep. You got the International Pro Leagues. You've got the G League uh, Ignite team, the Who developmental we saw, program. We saw the Ignite up close and personal. Right, we so saw we, we know we saw Scoot. Leonard we know Miller, Scoot saw a couple people. Well. And then you got Overtime Elite, which is a, a startup organization that our, our guy, um, my buddy Grish, loves. Because <laughs> it's more and one-ish. You know, there's, there's you more said it was high... a fun time. It's like yeah. watching high school basketball, right? Uh, to be quite honest. Right. Like, the Thompson Twins mixtape look like Andrew Wiggins' high school mis- right. mixtape because they're like 20 years old playing against 17-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like it. I mean, I, 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 hey, I like what I saw from, uh, from the. <laughs> yeah, they're not dominating a league created for them. Yeah. There's a problem. Yeah, that's but a- they did. They did, they did. They just look cool, too. Uh, what about you, Trey? Sort of any, like, before we get into the actual picks here, like... Uh, big takeaways from uh, doing your research here as we head into this? Uh, I watch and read everything. Yeah. I watch so many draft profiles. Number one prospect in the entire draft for me got to be Scoot Henderson. 
because when you're watching his tapes, sometimes you can hear me and Tass on the broadcast <laughs> <laughs> because we were on the call for one of it. I uh, threw out a huge dunk against the Skyhawks. And I'm chiming in with, yeah, we might be called no dunks, but we love a big throwdown. Oh, good mm. I feel like they kept that in there on purpose. <laughs> Shout out to Hoop Intellect. Very smart <laughs> podcaster. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start it up then. Uh, this won't take long with the number one pick, San Antonio Spurs. Yes, Victor Wembanyama, the most coveted teenage basketball prospects since LeBron James. Um, excited to see how he pairs with the the squad that the Spurs currently have. Obviously, Jeremy Sohan in, in the front court and then some uh, promising young backcourt players. Um, any thoughts here on Wembenyama? Do you think do you think we need to like tone down the hype and buzz for him? Or are you a believer from sort no, of day I, one? I would never to- tone, tone it down. down. Okay. Yeah, like I heard you compare him to Ralph Sampson and I was offended <laughs> a little bit. I'm not even well, I French. was just trying to think related. of the tallest, biggest guys in NBA history. Ralph Sampson was huge, man. Yes, he was. And if he ends up a Ralph Sampson, I think the Spurs will be disappointed. And sure. I think everyone will be disappointed. But I'm here to hype him up. I can't wait to see this guy. I was excited that there's that clip of him finishing playing in Europe saying I might play a little bit in Summer League. That could be like three minutes. Yeah. But those will be like the three hypest minutes of the entire Summer League. So I can't wait to see what Vic looks like against NBA players, against bigger, stronger, grown men. I mean, he's still going to be the biggest dude on the court, Ralph Sampson style, but uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see this guy. Yeah, I'm super hyped. Also super hyped that he is super hyped about playing with the San Antonio Spurs that, mm-hmm. that we learned. I, I love that uh, for him just to, to you know make his way into the league to see that enthusiasm. Also, just you know, take it back to the NBA with something that I actually know something about. Uh, I was listening to Sam Vecini sort of do a, a redraft and evaluation of the past four drafts and where he would put certain guys, which sort of category he'd put them in. Yeah. Are they all-star level players? Are they potential busts that could be out of the league? Devin Vassell, who plays with the Spurs, he put in the, that all-star category, somebody that we often don't talk about but mm-hmm. has an incredible shot and is uh, is a great shooter. So those two will be making some highlights. They could be on NBA intellect and those type of uh, people making highlights. Uh, so look out for Devin Vassell. I think we'll be talking about him uh, more this coming year. TK, you're usually good with this stuff. What number will this guy wear in the NBA? <laughs> Wemanyama. Do we know? One? Wow. All right. I'll go with one. He's going to be picked number one. I don't think... The Spurs don't have a number one, do they? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't no, think no. it's retired. At I the put you on the spot least. here, but you are usually good with the numbers. So you're all yeah, over the jersey have, numbers. They don't have a one. I okay. think, I think that's good. What's Vassell? Double one? Is he 11? Uh, no, Vassell is 24. Oh, way off. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll wear one. Okay. Actually, let's see. Okay, just a big, tall one Victor. on this guy that won't stop growing. He said, yeah, I thought he was 7'4". Now he's 7'5". I love it. And uh, I just hope his... Yeah, uh, he wore one for Mets 92. Okay, okay. Maybe he sticks with that. Yeah. I really hope his signature shot in the NBA is the is the one-legged, <laughs> like, runner-type yeah. three-point shot, <laughs> like, from distance. I, like, hope it's in his arsenal, and he just does it, you know, a couple times a game. Like, why not? Just commit to it. It'd be a great... I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the hook shot, that's his. Sure. You have this insane, you know, again, one, one-legged one runner fading away. Because you've seen him hit it, and it looks hilarious. It looks wild. It so looks crazy. I hope he tries it. I hope he, I hope he tries it. He obviously will, uh, yeah. you know, as a young in guy summer coming league, into really. the league. Yeah, at the very least in summer league. I hope we see um, him take a three-pointer and tip dunk it on his tip dunk home his own miss which we've seen a clip as well and yeah. you're like okay yeah maybe you can pull that off against lower level competition 
But maybe he can pull it off against the best. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. The real concern with him is because of his size is just going to be, can he stay healthy? You know, we've seen giant dudes, lanky, super tall guys have problems or they can have, uh, you know, knee and foot and ankles and stuff like that and can have an impact. Hopefully, hopefully not with this. No one wants that, especially like right out of the gate. I'd like to have like, you know, these number one draft prospects play and dominate right away and flirt with an all-star team and all that. So, you know, maybe that's too much pressure. I'll be fascinated to see how, how much the Spurs do slow play him here. Uh, and that they won't, if any organization won't really be in a rush, it'd probably be them. But he's going number one. He's on the board. And now the draft really starts. I love to say that so much. The draft <laughs> starts at two. Uh, the Hornets. Are they going Brandon Miller? Or are they going Scoot Henderson? And keep in mind, Jordan announcing last week he sold a majority stake in the Hornets. So he's we've still got involved, though, he's apparently. still involved. He's yeah. still involved, and I think these guys were just out there in Charlotte. I think they brought both, both of, of them, them out, yeah. yep, to uh, sort of have a talk with them. But where do you lean if you're the Hornets? Who's Trey Kirby uh, selecting here at number two? I'm Scoot over Miller. Uh, personally, I just think Scoot has such a high ceiling. I think that, you know, you see a lot of uh, draft preview stuff saying if it were any other draft, he would be a surefire number one pick. Then you see the guys he's comp to, Derrick Rose, an MVP, Russell Westbrook, an MVP, Donovan Mitchell, first team, all NBA. Like, this is an archetype of player that's very successful in yeah. the NBA, though I will point out injury concerns with super hyper-athletic guards as well. Almost all those guys get hurt at some point in their career, too, yep. so it ain't a guarantee, but... I don't know. I just like the way he's carried himself as basically an NBA player since he was 17 years old. He seems uh, like he's going to be a leader for these teams. Maybe weird stuff between him and LaMelo, both being ball handlers. But LaMelo's played with Terry Rozier his entire career. Terry Rozier is a, a ball handling shoot first point guard as well. So I think they can coexist. I think Scoot's going to be an awesome player. We'll see if the three-point shot comes around. That would definitely be... Uh, checkbox for Brandon Miller being a tall shooter. That's a, a type of player that everybody loves right now as well. But I would personally go Scoot over Miller. Tess? Yeah, to my knowledge, Scoot's the guy at number two. He just seems like uh, he's really, really polished, you know, outside of the court as well as off the court. We've talked about his family and how he's developed as a, a G League Ignite player. And I think you could look at that G League Ignite season and say, oh, they didn't have a lot of success if you want to get into that type of thing, but that just happens. I mean, it's a, it, they are playing against men, those that G League Ignite team. They're far younger than their competition. So uh, his ability to throw down, uh, his, his, and, and I have, I know no one talks about his shot, but I have faith in his shot as well, developing. That, the dunk that you mentioned there, Trey, I mean, that, that dunk literally rattled the gym and it was like rocking that rim for, a long time and he just seems like he's so super focused on being a really good basketball player so i i'd, I'd find it difficult not to take him i think the hornets shouldn't shouldn't get cute shouldn't screw up and just mm -hmm. take the guy and figure out the lamello relationship down the line yeah vicini wrote that scoot and lamello they can play complementary games uh uh with each other out there at the same time as scoot is more of like a power scorer, and if you've seen him up close and personal, my God, he tries to dunk everything when he tacks, but he can kill it in the mid-range there too, and he's awesome at the rim. Where Ball is more, of course, more of a distributor, and he's got the three-point shot, so I, I think they could work there. Uh, what do you think, though, of Brandon Miller 
TK uh, and sort of his NBA comps that get thrown around like Paul George and some Danny Granger even and like obviously just a great score at the wing position like he's a strange player though to me at least in leading up to this draft it's like there's not a lot of real buzz for him everyone's just like he's good he's gonna be really good but no one's like watch out this guy's like a future MVP type guy that's what the that's the read I get from it yes and I think that's why he should be three instead of two but he was the best American college player uh the best prospect coming out of the NCAAs which I think probably helped his stock during the season when Victor was overseas when Scoot was playing against G League guys it Looks impressive to see your traditional guy dominating at the college ranks. The Paul George comp, I think, is fair because they just looked very similar. Their play styles, uh, I think Brandon Miller's handle is kind of weak, just like Paul George's was when he came into the league. I think Paul George was a much better athlete, though, uh, than Brandon Miller is. Uh, you saw Paul George dunking like crazy early in his career. I think that's uh, not one of Brandon Miller's strengths, driving to the hoop and exploding. So maybe he's more like a Javari Smith from last year, who is more of a perimeter player than Paul George was, or maybe even Danny Granger, another Indiana Pacer who had a lot of successful seasons, a good shooter on the wing with some serious size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels like Brandon Miller was in the number two slot for a little bit here, and as we're getting closer and closer to draft day, it's kind of fallen back in line to where it was Victor Scoop Miller. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, I, felt like, it felt like Scoop for a while, and then yeah, suddenly it was like Brandon Miller at two. But was that all like a smokescreen? And now, yeah. yeah, it starts to come back to Scoot. I know Sam Vecini always stuck with Scoot at number two on his big board. But sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to Yeah, how much was that posturing yeah. of the Hornets just bring them both in at the end? MJ's here to say hello. Uh, <laughs> just just to get those, yeah, the, the value of the potential trade-ups. Yeah. Get them up high. You Do you think it's, again, we're not going to do the actual trades here in our mock draft, but do you think it's possible that the Hornets actually move the number two pick? leading up to Thursday night, or even on Thursday night, for a, a big-name player, let's say a Zion Williamson or something like that? Or it's much more likely you think that the Blazers are the team to do that and move three? Well, I think we get a lot of smoke during this week, and, and usually it gets put out. Usually they're, usually no none of these teams trade, but it feels like there's, there's some Matt it- Ishbia-type itchers out there where the owners <laughs> kind of want to go for it in the league right now. And so there could be one. If it's Joe Cronin there and the Blazers that want to appease Damian Lillard, I, I could see that. I, I, I would I would be shocked if it was the Hornets. I know the, the Zion rumors we'll get to a little bit later in the show, but I think those are just rumors as well. Okay, you mentioned new owners, though. They're getting new owners. Yep. Bringing in a Duke guy, uh, the highest-profile Duke player of the past decade, that would be a way to make a splash, but it does feel like the Blazers are more likely to yeah. make a trade yeah. here. For sure, because of what they got to figure out with uh, their future with Damian Lillard there. Okay, so we're going Scoot Henderson. Scooty. At number two, <laughs> Scoot. It's great to have a guy in the league named Scoot. <laughs> Straight up Scoot. We do have some great names, I will say, uh, in this draft class, some of these prospects. And uh, Scoot Henderson is one of them. But it was cool to see him, just before we move on, to see him up close here in a couple of those G League games here in Atlanta. Um, playing, the, playing the Skyhawks. You guys doing the game the one time I went out the next night. And holy crap, like... He really does attack. <laughs> he took off once. He didn't dunk it. He took off so far trying to put a guy in a poster. It was like, why are you even trying that? And a part of me, Trey, you're right. I was like, oh, some concern. Like, you're going to fall badly in one of these. Now, he's fall. built like a Mack truck. So, like, I mean, he bounced right back up. But it's like, yeah, 
the Derrick Rose, sort of the John Wall, that explosive, explosive leaper that's always relentlessly attacking and get yourself in trouble, but hopefully not. Knock on wood. All right. So the Blazers, I assume, is a pretty easy pick here. Is it as simple as whoever's left over for the Portland Trail Blazers between Scoot and Brandon Miller goes to them? Feels like it uh, to me. I mean, if you're thinking Brandon Miller is the number two player on the board and he drops the three, you got to be happy. But this one feels this one feels like a trade, uh, right? Like the Blazers, by all indications, Damian Lillard saying, once again, I still want to be here. Oh I don't know God. how many times you guys got to ask me. I still want to be here. But until he says he doesn't want to be there, there's always going to be questions. I, um, so yeah, I think this probably ends up getting traded. Um, and then it comes down to, would you rather trade it for Pascal Siakam or Zion? That's a really weird question, right? Like, right. Pascal Siakam has made the most out of his talent, won an NBA championship, been all NBA, but he's in the prime of his career, certainly older than Zion. Zion is like a top five player in the NBA when he plays, and that's a third of the, his games. Yeah. And we're not exactly sure how committed he is to rehab and getting his body in order to maximize his talents the way Siakam did. So right. the Blazers got a pretty weird choice. Like, it's quite the dice roll to trade for Zion Williamson, but if it pays off... That's obviously the best player you could possibly put next to Damian Lillard that's available. No analysis for me there. That's, I think, I think uh, yeah, the, they have the highest chance of, of moving out. But there's, there's plenty of teams, I think, as we get to 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, varying degrees of confidence in these prospects. So I think there's potential for teams like Orlando that have multiple picks. Uh, with six and eleven, or Pacers, or the Pacers who have what four picks in the top thirty-two, to move on up and take somebody that they believe in. Here, as we go four, five, six, and there's going to be an owner again, like one to match the Ishbia, whether it's Fertitta or somebody that wants to just say, "We're trading out and we're going for, we're signing Fred VanVleet, we're signing Brook Lopez, that kind of thing." So there's going to be one, and it probably just will be one. I, I, we're not going to see all these teams trade out, or, or even a couple, probably just one, but. This is exciting. It is crazy, though, with the Blazers, these two very probable scenarios where it's either they trade some sort of package involving the number three pick for a significant sort of win-now piece like you were going through their trade, or you keep it and you begin the likely process of trading Damian Lillard and, and, and going that direction. Now, the latest on Lillard, this is from Shams. He was on the Pat McAfee show. Shams said, quote, right now it really is up to Portland. Damian Lillard has really left it up to Portland. He wants to be there. He wants that team to get better. They have the number three pick in the draft. They have the number 23rd pick in the draft. They have Anthony Simons. What can you go get in the marketplace to make this team better? End quote there from Shams. I tweeted this morning. It feels like the Blazers and Lillard are like a married couple trying to decide what to eat. Mm. (laughs) What do you want? Ah, I'm easy. I don't care. You decide. No, whatever. No, I decide all the time. What do you want? No, but what do you want? And you just go back and forth until somebody gets angry. Do you guys have that? Because that always happens to me and Nora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. more for us now um, deciding what to watch. Okay, now, now that's that the a good NBA's one, too. Over, you're like, we can turn on whatever. <laughs> um, so, so I don't know if maybe the Blazers picking number three will just treat it like uh, me turning on HBO Max. <laughs> Whatever's at the top, just turn it on. I watched an hour of Magic Mike's Last Dance oh, the no. other night. <laughs> the Brandon Miller of the draft. I started Avatar Way of Water last night, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, just, whatever's know. on top. Whatever. Just watch Start this watching crap. something. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We think it's going to be traded, but I guess right now, for the sake of our mock draft, Brandon Miller 
at three. And whoever trades up probably will take Brandon Miller. Like, if you are if you had him at number two on your board and he's there at number three, that would give you reason to trade up with the Blazers. Yeah, the only, the only thing I'll push back on that is, to me, and again, I don't know, I am not familiar with Brandon Miller's game as much as others, but it's like I don't think the Raptors are, like, aggressively trying to get Brandon Miller, I guess. Though Anthony Simons is a piece of this hypothetical trade and they need a guard. Like, they need a guard. They need a promising young guard, especially if Van Vliet moves, especially if Gary Van Tr- Gary Trent Jr. is gone. Um, so, like, you know, I don't think the Raptors are like, oh, we got to have Brandon Miller. But it, it makes sense if it's Simons. Scoot probably does have more trade value. Yeah. Right? He's definitely yeah. the bigger chance at being a superstar, it feels, feels like. like. All right. Let's move on to the Houston Rockets. Um... I've seen a bunch of names slotted in here to the Houston Rockets, though most recently it feels like Amen Thompson, one of the Thompson twins from uh, from that overtime league, is slotted in at four. Does anyone push back on that? Do you like that, or do you go somewhere else if you're the Rockets? He, I mean, he looks like a crazy athlete, <sighs> Amen Thompson. They say he's going to be like one of the five best athletes when he comes into the NBA which is pretty impressive. Um, So I feel like four is a good spot for him because the superstar potential is so high, and that's why it's more interesting than a guy like Taylor Hendricks, who looks like he'll probably come into the league and have a role right away as a 3 and D kind of big guy. Um, But when you're picking in the top five, you just want a player who could maybe become a multiple-time All-Star, maybe become a superstar somewhere down the line, and you just see the athletic gifts that both of the Thompson twins have. Amon's a little further along as a playmaker, so I think that's why he probably has a little bit better of a rep but like I said it was like it's like watching the Andrew Wiggins high school mixtape where you're like what in the world is this guy doing how is he jumping and getting his head at the rim in a half court setting yeah um so yeah I mean we'll see if they're able to get the the like the feel of the game alongside the athletic gifts that they have but I like the Thompson twins and I think Amon's the the higher rated guy so far so he makes sense at four to me it feels like the only thing people say negatively about the Thompson twins is that they can't shoot which is a problem. Don't yes, get me wrong. Yeah. That is a problem. Like, they don't have a very consistent shot from deep. I don't think they're even all that great at the line, which really gives you some concern. Uh, people look at that, sort of the mechanics and stuff like that. But everything else, it's like they check all the boxes tasks. Like, they're great kids. Amen, especially, like, I think KOC says he, like, sees the court like a quarterback. He's going to be one of the most athletic guys in the league immediately. They both play defense. They're both super long. But it's this like shooting aspect that maybe you gotta like learn. Obviously, and you gotta get a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like the only knock because like I, I liked what I saw from these guys too, and some of the tape, and I saw them like even breaking down uh, their own footage with I think it was Monica McNutt. It was a cool clip, and they were like going through plays and talking it out, and you know like obviously like recognizing where the defense is coming from and all that. It was cool. Like they're like super charismatic and. They knew their shit, I'll tell you that. Like, they were not, like, bullshit, and they were like, holy crap, they were dissecting this stuff. Do you have Amon Thompson at four? <laughs> I, got, I got him at he four. Got him. I think uh, he uh, he's a playmaker, but he also will compliment Jalen Green and the others well, because he's not going to be a ball stopper in Houston. Yeah, so he kind yeah. of feels like... According to all reports, um, I didn't I didn't see the clip uh, of him breaking down stuff, but it's, it feels like he's a bit of an adult in the room, even though he played with kids. And you, with the Rockets, you want as much of an adult as possible if you're going to go stay young with Jalen Green and Shingun and uh, Jabari Smith. So it feels like he's, he's not. I think it makes more sense it. of him as a point guard than Kevin Porter Jr. More of a natural passer, right. it seems like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, not going to play ISO ball. One of my favorite. Um, random draft terms is 
the intel on this guy. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> and the intel on the Thompson twins? Oh, they're hard <laughs> They are dedicated. But isn't it a negative? Great intel. They always get lumped together, though. It's like, yeah, I mean, we, you start talking about them separately, but they always get sure, lumped. They do. Well, yeah, they do. I mean, don't, aren't they, I, wouldn't they be the first, potentially the first twins ever drafted in the lottery? Uh, top 10, I should say. Okay, I was Morris. gonna say Morris's were like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah but that may have been out back. of the lottery back in the day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, the so highest, top the 10, highest, the highest pair of twins. twins yes. Yeah, and then <laughs> that means you have the ability. Uh, no offense to Dick Van Arsdale and uh, his brother <laughs> Tom. Was it? I don't know. I think it's Dick and Tom, actually. <laughs> but they have the the, pot, the the potential here to be the best set of twins ever uh, in the NBA. That's putting a lot on them. You know, there's there's the the Grants. And hell, there's another Murray coming. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Lopez's the Lopez's probably are the best are good. twins of all time right now. Hmm. Yeah. Probably are. Who are we forgetting? Why are we forget? Are we forgetting anyone? Grants oh. were good. They scored a lot of points in the NBA. I mean, they weren't maybe as good as that. Anyway, point is, you're right. They're lumped together. They're twins. <laughs> Done it their whole life. But I guess Amen's gonna go higher. That's what they're. Everybody seems yeah. to say, which is fair. Um. <laughs> now I'm like racking my brain. Have we forgot some twins? I don't think so. Uh, oh, the Martins. <laughs> Both undrafted, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The Morrises, okay. And uh, yes, it was Dick and Tom Van Arsdale. They made Dick a couple all-star Tom. teams back in the... Okay, if they both made all-star they, teams, that's pretty well, impressive. Yeah, did they both? Wow. Yep. Yep. All right, all right. <laughs> they did. They still hold the crown then because Robin never made it. Jeez, they made a lot of all-star teams. Compared- like, well, how many teams in the league, though? Yeah, I know, I yeah. know. Looks like they came into the league and left the league at the exact same year. I think they played. Uh, they played at the <laughs> end attached for the to Suns. The butt, by the butt. Uh, Dick both three-time All-Star. Dick and Tom. <laughs> Tom and Dick. JD, Hopefully when you hear us um, saying the Thompson Twins, does it make you think of the songs? Yeah, hold me now. That's yeah. like my ears definitely perked. <laughs> oh, really? Now it's gonna mess up every time I Google the Thompson Twins. I'm gonna get uh, Amen and his brother. That sucks. <laughs> Do you think that Tom and Dick had a brother named Harry? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Van Arsdale? <laughs> I've known a lot of guys with a Harry Van Arsdale. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Rockets have uh, one of the Thompson twins at four. Pistons. No Pistons at number five. They don't need a guard, right? They don't need a guard. They're drafting a, a wing or a big. Trey, is that where you're leaning? Who you got on your They board? don't need a big. They definitely don't need a big. Well, I mean a wing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A power forward. A they need forward. They, exactly. They need a wing. Um, I don't know. So there's a there's a few candidates here. They could go other Thompson twin. A bit more of a perimeter player, which I think would maybe be an issue with Cunningham coming back, with Ivy uh, coming into his second season. So uh, other bigger wings, I guess, or more like a more like four style wings. Taylor Hendricks is a guy mm-hmm. kind of in the. Chris Boucher or Serge Ibaka sort of <laughs> mold. Uh, I would say Jarris Walker from Houston is yeah. another guy that seems uh, like he could be in the mix here. Or Cam Whitmore, who's like one of the best dunkers um, in the draft this season. He'd kind of be like a perfect guy to run alongside Ivy and Cunningham and just finish plays. Uh, they say he's not much of a passer, but they got some decent passers already. Mm-hmm. So maybe just a play finisher there. I do. Uh, I almost want to say that the Thompson Twins 
It should be mandatory they go back to back. It'd be nice. <laughs> Whoever takes It'd the first one, nice. the next team has to take yeah. the next one. Just so we can remember 20 years from now, it's like, oh, yeah, they went 4 or 5. Yeah. It'll be a lot easier to remember that than like, oh, they went 4 8 or 4 7. But it probably won't. I don't think they're going to go with one of them because of the, they're pretty good, obviously, in the backcourt position. Um, so he listed a bunch of names. Do you have one that you think they'll take? I, I just want to know if they trade out, if there's a possibility that they trade out. Really? You think so? It's I, what? Why? It's unlikely. They just have so many young players. They just got so many at the guards and 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 the bigs. But yeah, they could use a wing. Uh, Cam Whitmore keeps rising, keeps rising. Uh, although, uh, yeah, he's seems like a shooter. And then when we get into that discussion whether Boyan Bogdanovich is finally moved from the Detroit Pistons because there's some rumors that the Dallas Mavericks would like to trade their mm. 10th pick uh, for Boyan Bogdanovich and as I was saying about an owner who wants to really go after it feels like the Mavs are probably going to go after it by signing Kyrie and really trying to go after it so you could see that 10th pick being traded uh, for Boyan Bogdanovich finally a guy that gets dealt that could be you know their wing and could be replaced by Cam Whitmore I initially thought Cam Whitmore's name was K Whitmore an old hockey goalie uh, (laughs) uh, but it's not K-A-Y Whitmore why is that the name that was popular he got around Canucks did some Canucks did some works with the Canucks vaguely familiar <laughs> yes, I was tweeting about it yesterday with my man Doug Ebhart, uh, who knows his hockey. K. Whitmore, he was a whaler. But anyway, do you think Cam Whitmore will be better than K. Whitmore? I hope so. Okay, good. K. Uh, Cam, Cam could be, but K. was good. Okay. Uh, Cam Whitmore is the 18-year-old freshman from Villanova. Yeah, pure athleticism, a lot of upside. Like people are like this guy. When it's all said and done, like a couple of years from now, he could be like one of the best players from this draft. But no. I think the Pistons, and I didn't get your final answer, but I think they might go Walker. I like the I like the like the concept, the fit of him. If he's like such a well-rounded forward, which they need, Vincini says he's like a terrific passer, and that he's like, you know, pretty good in like the short roll area, like sort of like Draymond like that. You can put him in that area. That would be pretty damn good out of ball screens. You could see him setting stuff for Cade and obviously Ivy. Um, and he's a pretty good defender, too. So I guess Draymond-like uh, comparisons there. High basketball IQ. So I'll go Walker, but are you more of a Whitmore man? Because <laughs> um, I don't really Yeah, care. probably, just because I over-index for offense, and Cam sure. Whitmore's a bucket. Um, but who knows? He's, a, he's a, a, like a ferocious dunker. I don't know if he's got a lot of perimeter game or if it's going to be basically Corey Maggette. I'm driving to the rim every time. That's a good player, though, uh, too, as yeah. well. But... Yeah, you can talk me into Jarris Walker. Um, I don't know when you're when you're pitched as a Draymond Green type coming out of college. I'm always a little skeptical because yeah. I'm like that guy's one of the best defenders ever, and he dropped to the second round. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I was kind of honestly holding Jarris Walker back because I think he's a pacer. He's like a great pacer fit to me. Okay, well um, hold on. Let's say he was taking Whitmore. I'm taking Walker. You just decide. Yeah, there we go. Who does the Who do the Pistons take at number five? I think they're going to take a Whitmore. But what okay, do I know? let's do Whitmore. Cam Whitmore. Cam. Going to the Detroit Villanova Pistons. guys are pretty solid bets as yeah. well. Yeah. Those guys usually pan out. Yep. Good call. All right. The Magic, their first pick here of the lottery at number six. Now, they usually love their long, athletic, you know, high upside, uh, high upside guys that can you know, switch ability and all that. Um, is there a particular name that uh, jumps off the page to you, Trey, 
for the magic? I would say the most magic guy is Taylor Hendricks. <laughs> Just because he's very tall and skinny, got the Jonathan Isaac build. He's got a nice three-point jumper. And much like other uh, Magic draft picks from the past, doesn't handle the ball all that well, but maybe will be effective uh, right away. But I don't know. Sixth pick is a little different to me than drafting in the top five. You could draft a little bit more for need here, especially if you're the Magic and you've got six and 11. They're a possible trade-up team, I would have to think. Uh, I don't know. Point guard is the most pressing issue for me on the Magic, but I think it's probably... You're not reaching for, like, a Case and Wallace or an Anthony Black, both who are good playmakers, but maybe not the greatest shooters. You need some shooting out on the outside. So, I don't know. This, uh, this one's a tough one to me. I guess I would maybe just lean towards Hendricks. More okay. shooting on the court. Hendricks. Uh, I've seen the other Thompson twin, Osirgo here. Ben Gulliver had him. Vecini had Hendricks. KOC, I think, had Anthony Black uh, going here. So yeah, this one feels up in the air. Tass, you have a read on what the magic would do here. Do they just focus on a guard sort of like a point guard or are they, you know, are they happy moving forward here with faults and sugs and stuff like that? Yeah. It feels like they would be reaching with, uh, with a guard. Oscar Thompson seems like the hot pick, but why don't they just go crazy and take a, a, a real, magic player and just go deep with a leonard miller just go nuts oh jesus just man go crazy homer. holy moly yeah, i love homer leonard miller sure. but no way you can go that high. yeah he probably won't um but yeah who knows who knows this could be a team that that trades uh for sure because you could trade down and get your point guard if you want him and uh and they've got so many young guys they're just so deep with their bigs um, but they could use a little guard help. So this could be a, a six down, uh, but they've, they've got, because they have so many options, as we've said, with their with their picks at six and 11 pick. Okay, where are we going? So Hendricks, Thompson, I guess Black. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Walker is still on the board. Walker's on the board. Yep. It doesn't seem like a fit here no. uh, to me, though. They've got three and four pretty covered with Paolo and Franz. Where do you want to go? Call it in. Pick up the phone. Tell Silver. With the sixth pick in the NBA draft, the Orlando Magic are selecting. I'm in on Hendricks because I think that they will want a veteran point guard. They've been in the Fred Van Vliet mix. That's still a possibility, I assume. And I think it's probably more important to have a vet at point guard than it is to have it at center. So I'm calling it in for Hendricks. Okay. Works for me. We'll see. Works for me. We still got Walker out there. We still got Sear Thompson. Uh, as we get to the Indiana Pacers, and you already said you loved walker here is that correct trey yeah i'm a walker fan here i think he fits perfectly uh alongside tyrese halliburton alongside miles turner turner uh, a big guy who would prefer to play on the perimeter like you said walker is a good short roll passer seems to be more of a play finisher uh on the inside so they can kind of invert the court a little bit there uh have a a five out sort of deal with walker rummaging inside Uh, i could see that happening brings the defense as well which is something that the pacers definitely need and, like, they did not have a four last year. You know, they tried everybody they could at power forward. So give them a good young power forward who can grow with the rest of the team. I like this pick. They need size. They need a little pop there at one of those forward positions. So I'm in on Walker. Tass, you want to swerve? No, I'm not swerving. Okay. This is exciting stuff. This Pacers team is on the precipice. It's on the precipice of being good. They're not okay. that far. Call it in. That was a quick one. Dropping to them. I guess we were talking about if he's, uh, you know, not selected uh, fifth by the 
by the Pistons, maybe even six by, by the Magic. Who knows? Okay, so Walker going to the Pacers. Uh, the Washington Wizards with the eighth pick here. We're halfway through this. I think we'll start moving with a little more speed. Um, ben Gulliver says the Wizards have every reason to swing for the fences here after trading Bradley Beal. You're nodding your head, TK. Who would who would that mean then? I think it's the other Thompson twin, Asur. Uh it seems to be a mystery box uh, kind of player, but not so much that you're reaching for like a Bilal Koulibaly, something right. that like it just kind of burst on the scene. At least uh, the Thompson twins have been known uh, for quite some time. I think he would have a lot of opportunity to stretch his legs in the NBA here uh, and see what he can really become. Probably bite off too much that he can chew for the rookie year, but that can pay off down the line. So if you're talking about a big swing, that's probably the biggest one left on the board, I think. Some comparisons I've heard uh, for this kid, uh, NBA player comps to Iguodala, uh, him coming into the league, uh, sort of with a, a not a great shot, but obviously an impact player, and Sean Marion, same idea, like a pretty ugly-ass-looking shot. Don't worry about it. Uh, he, he'll, he'll add yeah. it to the repertoire enough. He'll be able to knock down a corner three, and then he can just do everything else because he's a super athlete. So we're fine with uh, Thompson going to the Wizards? Oh, this is a, an Asur pick uh, for the Washington Wizards. There's no doubt. When is somebody going to have the guts to start comparing players to guys who don't make it in the league? Because none of all these guys are not going to well, be. Right. We're uh, trying to look. Uh, yeah, yeah, glass, glass half, half full. full. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, fourteen guys in the lottery aren't going to all be all stars. Calling them like Joe Alexander. Ooh, <laughs> Snapdragons. It's a great dunker. That's right. Great right. dunker. Almost was in a dunk contest. Wasn't a dunk contest. Was not in a dunk contest. He was in that. He that might have been in a dunk off contest. He was in that co- yeah. that Gatorade competition yeah. for the last spot in like two thousand eight right. with Westbrook, Rudy Fernandez. I guess Fernandez won it. And got into the dunk competition. Anyways, great dunker. <laughs> Hopefully he's better than that. Hopefully he's yes. better than I think that. he will be, too. <laughs> yes. I have confidence. He definitely is a good defensive player, too. Okay, so Thompson going to the Wiz at eight. Number nine, the Utah Jazz. Sam Vecini's intel says the Jazz are always looking for competitiveness. You know, that's Danny, Danny Ainge's, like, puts a premium on those players that, like, get at it every single night. Play their ass off. So... You know, Thompson is gone. He would have fit that bill uh, us here. Maybe Anthony Black does. Maybe there's another name. Trey, where do the Utah Jazz go at nine? Two guys who I love uh, are left for the Jazz, and both would be a perfect fit for the Jazz. Kaysen Wallace, who's like a smaller Drew Holiday, great defender, seems to be a decent outside shot, maybe not super aggressive offensively, but uh, if you read a lot of draft profile stuff, they're like always bet on Kentucky guards. They're better when they get to the NBA true. and get away from uh, Calipari just telling them to pass the ball. So it's got to either be Cason Wallace or Anthony Black is the other guy. Guard is a good position for the Utah Jazz to be drafting right now. Anthony Black gets compared to Lonzo Ball, Josh Giddy being a big point guard who plays defense, moves the ball with a questionable shot. Um, so I think they could go either way. It seems to me like the Jazz value size, so I guess they would probably go Anthony Black over Wallace. Okay. Mm, yeah, he's big. I guess. Yeah, uh, we got a Kaysen, bot. Yeah, oh, got you nearly got oh, it. Come Tra- on, buddy. Trey's attempting well, to it'll kill It'll come him back. It'll there. come yeah. back. He's scared off now. Uh, I just had a flashback. I was in Denver late night. The moths were out. Really? I was in bed. In bed. <laughs> Moth landed on my shoulder. Oh, Didn't boy. like that. <laughs> um, anyway, I was surprised Didn't that Casey like uh, Wallace was uh, he's, he's listed at six three and a half. So you know, really similar to Drew Holiday. Uh, but does he have the heart? The Jazz, yeah, as, as you said, they they like guys who play extremely hard. Yeah, and they're gonna find one like they did last year. Uh, everybody played hard for them. 
guard is the spot. That's totally true. They they tried out Chris Dunn at the end of the season. They do have Colin Sexton, uh, but they are they're looking. And so, sure, I'm good with a Kentucky guard. Oh boy, you know I am. I love my uh, my Murrays and my SGAs and my Foxes and all these guys. So we're going Wallace to the Jazz. Sure, feels like he's uh, jumped up here uh, over the last couple weeks, uh, and we have him going ninth, which I think would be quite high come Thursday night. Uh, but we'll put him there. Wallace to the Jazz at nine. Okay, the Mavericks, 10th pick. We've talked about them possibly moving it. Is there a swap here with the the Hawks even? Uh, I think the Hawks have 15. Could they be uh, swapping picks and maybe uh, players? Well, who knows? But right now, who are the Dallas Mavericks taking at 10? Who do we got? Who do we got left that you like? Obviously, Anthony Black, but... I don't think they need a ball handler. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, What the Mavericks need is (laughs) Mm. not the 10th pick of the draft. Uh, So this one could be a traded one as well, looking for maybe um, a veteran help. But I think the player available would maybe be Grady Dick, shooter from Kansas, uh, just because I feel like... The more shooting you can put around Luka and Kyrie, the better. He's got decent size, so maybe he's more along the lines of, like, a Boyan Bogdanovich as compared to J.J. Redick, where it's just the shooting. At least maybe you'll get a back cut here and there with Grady Dick. He'll be targeted, uh, no doubt, uh, defensively, but I think he's a pretty solid player, and I think he's going to be a little bit more than just a shooter. I do think they end up trading this pick. I like the the, the deal for Boyan Bogdanovich, but... Uh... This guy can shoot. Grady Dick can obviously shoot. Shot 40% from three last season. Bunch of attempts, too. Yeah. So why the heck not? But I do think there is going to be a team that dives in the pool and is going to be a little bit too thin. And by that, I mean Cuban's going to trade this pick. And, yeah, they're not going to have a deep a deep roster next year, but I think Boyan Bogdanovich would help. So that's where I'd go with this one. Uh, they're probably hoping if they do keep the pick that Hendricks slides all the way down to that 10 for perfect. them. I think he would be awesome uh, as sort of an active front court defender. And, you know, if Kyrie's still there, pair him with Luka. He doesn't need the ball. He's not going to take away touches. What about uh, what about a big? I know Wembenyama started this whole thing up, but we haven't really talked about a center since then. Could they want someone like uh, Derek Lively II from uh, Duke? Big seven foot one center. People have been comparing him to like... Uh, Tyson Chandler. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he's as good on the boards, <laughs> but um, I guess it's possible. It's a, a position they may want to fill if they keep it. Yeah, they could definitely use a big, and in the past, the Mavericks have definitely been uh, let's get a roll to the big, a roll to the basket kind of big, but you know, for every Tyson Chandler, there's a Willie Cauley Stein. I know. Um, and if you're not hitting the glass, you're more of a Willie Cauley than a Tysey Chandy. That's right. Um, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I think they would rather have a veteran big, but it's going to be tough to find. Uh, so I think, yeah, Lively's got to be in the mix just because that's a the kind of player that can thrive at the NBA level where there's a lot more spacing and he's got the room to rumble. Uh, so we'll see. What okay. about Leonard Miller? No one mentioning Leonard Miller there. He's not getting drafted in the lottery. I don't yeah, you don't, you don't think that would be the, eh, yeah, that probably would be the peak. Uh, okay, so we're going Grady Dick, it sounds like, at 10 here. Grady Dick. What a name, man. Huh? I know. This guy's name yeah. is Grady Dick. Yeah. It'd be uh, if Lively like was a point guard. You have a nice uh, Lively Dick combo. <laughs> I'm just glad fun. he wouldn't. He's not dropping to the Magic. There's a Suggs on that team. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Dick and Balls would be nice. You get a couple Lamelo Ball or like a couple of the Ball brothers on the same team. Imagine like Alonzo Lamelo and Dick lineup. Dick and Balls be fun. <laughs> Is there any way the Sacramento Kings can draft him? <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to drop. 
Okay, so Dick, uh, going 10. Wow, feels high, but he is a great feels shooter, high. as we feels talked high. about. Um, Magic, have Hendrix. another pick. Magic, yeah. have another pick. I think I had Grady Dick here if he was going to slip in our mock draft here to uh, Orlando as a shooter, because, you know, especially with Fultz and Suggs and, you know, whoever they take higher, if it's not a shooter, which it probably won't be, um, they could have used someone like him, but he's off the board. So where does Orlando go with their second pick here? Who he got circled? And maybe throw up that board again, JD. I got to remember who the hell we put for all these teams. Okay. I just want to make sure there's someone that hasn't <laughs> slipped and we've forgotten about. I don't think so. Uh, Trey. When you have two draft picks in the same draft, you should do one straightforward pick, yeah. which I think would be Taylor Hendricks, and then one big-time swing pick. We'll see what pans out here because you're basically getting two shots at it when most teams have one. So thank you to the Chicago Bulls from the Orlando Magic for this one. Maybe they go with Bilal Koulibaly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Because that's a big-time swing, a guy who's established himself kind of out of nowhere playing alongside Victor Wembanyama. He's been compared to OG Ananobi, just being a really big, strong wing who can maybe shoot some threes. No idea what kind of offensive game he's going to have. But the Magic have a lot of guys. They could afford to have a project on the team, I do believe. They did well turning Bull Bull into a player. So maybe they can do something similar with a guy who has pretty raw gifts. Uh, I could see them going Koulibaly there. Yeah, and he's still not 19. So it would be a, a big swing. He'd be a part of uh, the Metropolitans 92 that overachieved this season, even with Victor Wembanyama. They didn't believe that they would. Uh, nobody really believed how good that they would be. So he's a winner. Just throw that up there as uh, one of his uh, his characteristics. And he's got a great name. Uh, so why the heck not? Okay. So they're going just pure raw talent here. Because they have the two picks, it's like, why not? Why not? Just take a wild stab at this guy. I'm not... I, I gotta be honest in, in in my research and obviously watching clips. I'm not as high. I get why because he's so young and he's such like insane wingspan and all that. But I wasn't like, oh yeah, this this guy's gonna be something special because there are just as many uh, you know examples oh, where man, it's like, yeah. oh wow, this international prospect with that checks all these boxes like like you know Denver never like makes it. Our guy Bruno, unfortunately. Mm. Koulibaly is two years away from being two two years. What is it? No, I already screwed that up. Anyway, we'll put him there. That makes sense. Uh, Bilal, Koulibaly, 11 to the Magic. Uh, Thunder, 12, as we start wrapping this up. So who's left? Obviously, you got a big there in Lively. Um, it would could be... I, I think Leonard Miller, I could see the Thunder oddly... You know, Is it a reach? Maybe, but I could see him fitting in really nicely there and his skill set... Obviously, there's a ton of guards. It feels like there's so many 6'3", 6'4", guards in this draft. Oh, yeah. Um, as a possibility, you know, Kobe Bufkin is sort of like going up the ranks here. But where does OKC go at 12? Well, they're getting Chet back. So that's right. cool. They're going to – they got a Rookie of the Year candidate. He probably won't win it compared to Victor. But they got a big coming back. Their backcourt feels pretty set between mm-hmm. Giddy and SGA. Obviously, Jalen Williams, both of them established themselves last year. One of them finished second in Rookie of the Year. So you got a wing out there. I don't know. It feels like the Thunder definitely value guys who make good decisions, who can handle the ball, shoot the ball, and pass the ball. So to me, it's between Anthony Black and Kobe Bufkin uh, there. I don't know if there would be too much duplication between Josh Giddy and Anthony Black or if the Thunder are like, it worked with Giddy. Let's do it again right. uh, with Anthony Black. So. Choose between those two, I would say. I think the Thunder like to take some swings as well, so I think they could dip. Dip for Leonard. 
just, Leonard's my guy. I'm just going to say Leonard Miller, just my guy. I'm going to say pick him, pick him, pick him. So, yeah, he's uh, he's polarizing for sure. Uh, he's still raw, um, but, you know, did some great things the last part of the G League season. And so I, I could see the Thunder <clears throat> taking a chance on a guy who does everything that they want. He they That is exactly what they want. They want somebody who can handle and pass and shoot. And so he fits that bill. Yeah, I hear you. I can't believe there's someone that's a bigger Leonard Miller fan than I am, but it's Tass Mellis, <laughs> I gotta admit. Um, yeah, where do they go? I know KOC had uh, Buffkin here. He thought that they wouldn't be concerned at all adding another guard because of Buffkin's off-ball ability to play with mm-hmm. like SGA and uh, Giddy, and I could see that. That makes a little sense. Uh, that's you know, true. Six four uh, sophomore, I guess, from Michigan. Buffkin is great name too. He's good. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, and we said black is still available, right? We got yeah. the guy sliding for us. I don't know. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Buffkin. Let's go, Buffkin. Let's go, Kobe. Kobe. Going to the Thunder. I like it. All right. This guy's a good player. So the Raptors at 13th. Do they take the Canadian, Leonard Miller? Probably not because they need a guard. <laughs> Unless they're involved in one of these uh, big draft night deals here. So who is left? That are these like combo guards that are in play. I guess Wallace is off the board, right? We had him going. Wallace went nine, yep. yep. So there's Jalen Hood, Shafino. There's Keontae George from Baylor. He's a combo guard. There's obviously Black still, who is, I think, completely like slipped in our mock draft. Um, who would the Toronto Raptors be targeting? Uh, Rod Black's son, Anthony Black. <laughs> I think he's got to be the guy. I think he has to. I think yeah, Anthony at Black. At this point. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, a top 10 kind of talent. Uh, he's got size, which obviously the Raptors value. Uh, he can create with the ball. I think he's going to be a really, really good player as well. I had to watch his high school football, football highlights this morning. If it's mentioned in a, in a draft profile that somebody played football in high school, I got to see. So the Raptors will be getting a solid wide receiver here oh, yeah? as well. Uh, yeah. Wow. Good hands? <laughs> Great hands. Great hands. You're not going to believe this, but this guy who's going to go in the first round of the NBA looked like the best athlete on the field mm. to me. Okay. And well. also he was 6'6", so just throw it up. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Does it all. I didn't know I didn't know that. Can he play a couple uh, downs for the Argos? How's he with a bigger ball? How's he with a bigger ball? Yeah, there's going to be an adjustment period yeah. uh, getting to go in motion before the snaps, right. but I think he'll adjust eventually. Okay. Yeah. We're taking black here. Yeah, if a guy does it all, just like his dad does all the sports in Canada, <laughs> this wow. guy this guy does all the sports. Dropping, he plays basketball. Rod, he plays football. That's <laughs> more of a Charles Barkley reference, really. <laughs> I guess the No Dunks uh, fans understand it. We've said it enough times that Rod Black does all the does sports, all the sports in, Canada. Up in Canada. All right, Anthony Black. I mean, this is this a uh, this is a win. They're going to be the winners uh, of the NBA draft lottery if this is to actually happen. Be a good get, yeah. Be a huge get. I do not think he's going to be there, but he's there on our mock draft. Uh, so final one, Pelicans at 14th. Who who's left that you could see them uh, grabbing here, and if they don't move this pick, obviously. Pelicans have a lot of players in general. Like they've had a lot of draft picks. Even their stars, like Brandon Ingram's not an old guy, but you know, he's been in the NBA now for what, eight seasons, something like that. But they still seem like a young team that's got a ton, a ton of players, so they should just draft whoever they think is the best player available. For me, that's Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State. I will call him Buckets Bryce when he makes it to the NBA because this guy just seems like all he's gonna do is score, play zero defense, but come in and get buckets. Uh, like he's a pull-up guy, 
So Paul Pierce sort of is a comp for him, but obviously maybe not Hall of Fame level. I also see a lot of TJ Warren uh, comps for mm-hmm. Bryce Sensabaugh. He just looks like a hooper. Uh, like he's not ripped. He doesn't have crazy moves, but he gets open and knocks down mid-rangers all the time. I like this guy as a prospect here. I have no idea. I've been pretending up until this point, so I'm not going to – we're too deep for me. Leonard right. Miller, you thinking? <laughs> Honestly, let's put Leonard yeah, Miller. Put Leonard Miller up. Why not? We go, if he we, goes early, we'll look good. Yeah, well, Leonard Miller, for sure. Uh, he's going to be the steal of the draft, regardless of where he goes. Even if he goes number one in the Spurs, we're still going to say Leonard Miller was the steal of the draft. Uh, yeah, there's a million guys here. That's the thing with like the draft. Honestly, every year to me, after like whatever, there's tiers, right? There's like a top one tier this year. Then there's usually like a top three tier. And then there's maybe like a top seven tier. Yep. And then to me, it's like the wild, wild west. It's like, <laughs> sure, are you drafting for positional fit? Are you drafting for pure upside? Are you drafting because of the high character? Like, they're just like, you can go so many different ways. There's so many names. You know, the Smith Jr. out there. There's Howard, Hawkins. There's obviously the other Murray twin. There's Clowney. There's Whitehead. It goes on and on and on. So let's just take Leonard Miller. Just, just like you it. said, because then if it happens on Thursday night where he gets into the lottery, we're looking good. He's like, he's at, in a lot of mock drafts. He like for the longest time, Leonard Miller was like you know twenty to twenty five, sort of back of the end, uh, back of the first draft. But the name is starting to go higher and higher and higher. And I mean, he had a great stretch at the end of the season with the uh, with the G League team there, and we saw him up close and personal too. He's he is really good. I like he gets he's left handed, so I get the comparisons like. You know, the Lamar Odom type things where he has a lot of skills. He also just has a funny look to him where he looks way older than he is. He's got an old look. He looks so old, uh, but he's not. Uh, and he's obviously getting better and better and better. So we'll put the Pelicans with Leonard Miller. Let's show the mock draft. There it is. <laughs> Did we nail it? Are we crazy Perfect. with some of these picks? You tell us. Uh, you know, really, I would love to hear from everybody in the stream team and in the comments and tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Like, who are we just completely missing from our top 14 that's going to be much, much higher is going to be in there on Thursday night, and why? Whew. Let's take a break. When we come back, some NBA news. Don't go anywhere. All right, mock draft complete. Uh, people pointing out in the stream team, if Lively's there at 14, Pelicans could select him. A lot of people think he will be a lottery pick. I can see why. Yeah, seven foot one center. Uh, why not? Good call. Let's get to some NBA news, though. Let's move off of the draft for a second. Zion Williamson's future with the Pelicans. Get murkier and murkier with each passing day here, guys. This is Bill Simmons on Sunday's podcast. He said the Zion thing is a real, real subplot. I had somebody tell me yesterday that I trust that he will not be on the Pelicans come Thursday. I was like, really? I haven't heard that. And he was like, you watch. (laughs) So there you go on that. That was Bill Simmons, but it's not just Bill. This is gaining some steam here. I was talking about it last week. I said, I don't know about Zion, guys. Uh, but do you believe this at all, that the Pelicans could move off of him in the next couple days here? Well, the same source told us who the new Suns coach was going to be. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, incorrectly. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I totally buy this, but it, definitely the messaging has changed. Coming out of New Orleans prior to this summer, Zion was an untouchable guy. And he feels much more touchable right now. Maybe it's a, a matter of trying to suss out the biggest package and, you know, what kind of assets they're going to get. If you put Zion Williamson on the market, despite the fact that he hasn't been uh, a healthy guy and uh, you may have some concerns about the way he carries himself off the court, he's still super talented. He's still one of the best players in the league when he's healthy. 
the Pelicans were on top of the league when he was playing. They looked like a very competitive team. Uh, so people would come out of the woodwork to try and get Zion, but it's going to take a lot, I do believe, even if his trade value is pretty low for where he has been in his career. No dunks out of context. Touchable and trying to suss out the biggest package. Um, <laughs> I will say... I will say, yeah, I, I, I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast when it came out, and uh, I didn't bat an eye hearing that that somebody said, hey, he's going to be gone. It's it's just some rumor that's out there. You said that the messaging has changed. I think one thing that has stayed the same over the years is that Zion hasn't been in lockstep with the front office, right? There's always True. been this divide yeah. uh, between him and the front office. But what is the reason for that, really? I think the biggest reason is... He hasn't played. If he had played, it'd be totally different. Yes, he hasn't been extremely dedicated to his body and that side of things and maybe not hanging out at, at summer leagues, like not being with the team whatsoever. So there's that divide. And Trey brought up a good point when we're talking about his trade value. It's never been lower, but it could get lower. <laughs> if he yeah, does, if he doesn't, if he, if he doesn't play, so do they capitalize on it now? I don't think so. I, I think David Griffin has gone all in with this Ingram Williamson and and mostly the CJ McCollum trade that he made, and I could see him going even more all in because they do have a lot of players, as you said. They're they're just they're stacked at, at the guard spots. They've got a lot of young guys, you know, with Alvarado behind there and Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones and Trey Murphy and, and some bigs and Jackson Hayes with Jonas Valanciunas. They have a lot of players that they could package together. Is there a Nuggets deal? I'm sorry, not a Nuggets deal, a Suns deal. Excuse me. I'm thinking about the Nuggets because the Suns are going after them. Do, is there a depth piece there for, for DeAndre Ayton? I think there's a possibility there, but I don't think they're, they're getting out of the Zion Williamson business at all. I do. I, I really do. Because there's way too much smoke here. And it's not just Bill Simmons. There's Windhorse talking about it. You've had Shams reporting that the Hornets prefer Ingram to Zion. KOC saying the opposite. His sources say, uh, well, Portland prefers Zion to Ingram. And I just like, my biggest concern here is this idea of like, are we going to, like, okay, if it's all just rumors and none of this actually materializes come Thursday or this summer. Is the organization in Zion going to be like, okay, uh, we're all good. You know, the start of your big fat contract, that extension, you know, he's going to be making 30 million plus and like, we're good to go next year with our, you know, what is a pretty talented team and like everything will be okay. I don't know. I don't know. I really think that they are going to move him and this, you know, whether it's this week or this summer, I think there's a possibility, a strong possibility it actually happens. This, this, this disconnect between the front office and him is real. I, I believe that. And they also, they want him to play, and he doesn't play. They want him to play. And <laughs> I think you convince a team, I don't know if it's Portland, because they've got their own, you know, history of, like, talented players that can't play in Brandon Roy because of injuries and Greg Oden because of injuries and way back to the Sam Bowie days and all that. But some other team will be like, yeah, we'll take Zion Williams. Are you kidding me? Like, sure. when he plays, the guy's, like, 26 and 8, like, in his sleep and is only, in theory, going to get better. Like, we'll take the risk for whatever you want back. And this doesn't, like, to me, even if they – like Zion moves from the Pelicans, it's not like they're going to be bad. Whatever players come back, whatever pick, like promising young pick, high pick, if it's one of these Scoots or Brandon Miller's, like they're a good team. They've been a good team without them. Like honestly, a good team, not a great team, but a good team. 500. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't like completely like blow them up and they're back to rebuilding. Not at all because they still have a 
treasure chests of their own future first round picks. They have a bunch of the Lakers picks or like one of those first picks in 24-25, bunch of the Bucks picks, young talent, Trey Murphy the third, Herb Jones, you know, Dyson Daniels, like they could they could still make moves. So I buy it. I really do. And uh, I was sort of sensing this last week that this was like a real possibility and I think it could happen. And then there is all this off-court drama too, which you could say it means nothing. You know, he's embroiled in this with his, obviously his girlfriend is, is pregnant here and then you're getting this ex-porn star saying, I got all the receipts. She's like, she's basically threatening that they have to trade him or she's going to drop sex. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like she's probably going overboard here, but... Do you like want to just sort of step away from that if you see a, a possibility to get a really, really promising pick and young player if you're the Pelicans? Maybe. So put me down that this happens. We're going to be having an emergency podcast. Well, maybe it happens during the draft. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that'll happen before draft day. Right, right. If it happens. Right. Uh, this pointed out by the stream team here that Trey Murphy just tweeted, uh, well, it was, it was last night, a photo of himself holding up sort of a, a whiteboard type thing written on it make it stop mm, okay <laughs> uh, shout, shout out cool. to yanni and the stream team for pointing that out what does he want it what does he want to stop i would assume That's, the rumors of zion being moved sure sure if you want to go conspiracy theory maybe the fact that zion's there and maybe just to start afresh mm. But uh, probably more the rumors. Respect to him. Or Mariah tweeting. There it is. There's the tweet. We yeah. got it real quick. Shout out to Trey Murphy. Not paying for that blue check. Only 17.7 thousand followers. Why don't people follow this guy? He's good. We know it's him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does a blue check mean? That's know? right. That's right. Uh, all right, moving on here. The Warriors uh, forward Draymond Green is declining his 27.5 million player option for the 23-24 season. He's going to enter unrestricted free agency. Both the team, though, and uh, Draymond have expressed interest in a reunion. If you count the playoffs, Draymond Green's played over 900 games with the dubs here over 11 seasons. So why is he opting out? That's what people want to know. And what does this mean? And can the Warriors keep him here with their new Mike Dunleavy Jr. in the front office role where Bob Myers is now gone? Do you, uh, do you think he's staying mm-hmm. with Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I think he is because Steph Curry is still a baller. And as long as you got Curry, you got a chance to win the championship. But if you lose Draymond and you're rolling it out there uh, with Clay Thompson, Wiggins, and Kevon Looney, you don't have a chance of winning the championship. Steve Kerr said as much. If we lose Draymond, we're not contenders. Uh, he's going to be 30. He's 33 years old now. This is basically Draymond's last chance at getting any sort of years on a deal. We know he's not at the top of his powers, but he's still a really good defender, and nobody knows Curry's game better. Like, the one-two between them is gave birth to the Jokic and Murray two-man game, really. So I think um, he's going to be on a three-year contract to line up with when Steph Curry's ends, and then we'll decide what's happening with the Warriors then. I agree. I think Mike Dunleavy, yes, that Mike Dunleavy who got into it with Giannis Tetacupo, taking over the front office there, his first order of business is getting him re-signed especially as a as a newbie taking on this job yeah you've got your best player saying let's run this back Draymond Green a key part of that he's going to get a decent amount of money from the Golden State Warriors is it is it going to be all that different amount of money that would attract him somewhere else like I don't think somebody's going to pay him way more somewhere else is what I'm saying when you mean way more what what ballpark do you think the Warriors are going to offer him I mean, he's turning down here twenty-seven point five million. You get so you got to assume the market's around that, right? Yeah. So if you get three for ninety, I mean, it's a right. bu- it's a it's a bump. It's getting into his mid thirties. 
somebody's going to pay a lot more than that. I, I don't think so. Right. Uh, I think that's that's plain. Now you don't think a Spurs or a Rockets wow. or a, like oh I'm just throwing it yeah, out there. I don't, I don't think Draymond would want to. Right. Right. He would want to go to a, like Dallas or Phoenix. You know, mm-hmm. like he ain't going to go try and build up a team. Probably. He's going to try and take a team to a championship. Now he is in France wearing bucket hats with LeBron James right now. <laughs> if you if you want to dig into that, uh, both wearing bucket hats. You're in that photo, too. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I see people saying, yes. why is Tass there? Yeah. <laughs> I looked a little bit like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Both wearing bucket hats. What are they discussing? Are they just discussing future ventures? They're buds. I mean, you are... You're taking a trip together. This isn't. This isn't just. Uh, hey, we saw each other. Like they are hanging, but uh, it could be off court stuff. I don't think it's necessarily Draymond going to the Lakers. It's not LeBron sending a message. Uh, they're just buds, and uh, maybe in the bucket hat business. I don't know. The question is going to be how high the Warriors can go with uh, with Draymond Green's contract with Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, all under pricey long term deals, and oh yeah, Clay Thompson's. Uh, you know, big contract coming off the books next summer. And the Athletics' Anthony Slater pointing out every extra million they are stretched is an extra seven-plus million and beyond in the repeater tax penalties. So there's that part of the equation, too. And it's like, yeah, what is the number that the front office and Green will agree on, especially now that Bob Myers, who drafted Draymond Green, you know, second-round pick back in 2012, is no longer there. Um that's the fascinating part here. I'm I'm with you guys. I think it's more likely than not that he's still there. It's just like, what's the number? Is it just under thirty million? Just over thirty million? Is he is he like I? Is he taking a discount? He's taking less money because it's over longer term, like younger over years. Three for seventy five. Yeah, maybe. Like that. Maybe that's possible. Yeah, um, but there's no doubt that Kerr wants him still there, and I would assume Curry and maybe not Jordan Poole, but uh, maybe they move <laughs> off of Jordan Poole. Oh, well, I said they want. Dunleavy said he wants Jordan Poole there for at least four more years. Okay, maybe more. <laughs> It was an interesting answer. Yeah, uh, we haven't signed for four more years, so yeah, yeah, we want him. Here. We want him here. I, f- I think they're gonna run it back. I. It uh, seems unlikely that Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s first order yes. on the job yeah. is breaking up yeah. the best dynasty that you've ever had in franchise history. It's a pretty. We brought in Mike to ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an easy sign to to steady the ship because it did sort of rock the boat when Bob Meyer said, "I'm moving on." Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is his this is his job, Mike Dunleavy's job, to bring it back and give it a shot. Chris Paul said he was surprised by the trade that sent himself to Washington, telling the New York Times that he found out about the news in a text from his son. CP3 also said on several occasions that team owner Matt Ishbia and Isaiah Thomas wanted to go in a different direction, suggesting, CP3 was, that uh, perhaps Zeke does have some decision-making power, despite the Suns refuting that Isaiah Thomas had any of that power earlier in the season here. Is this a big deal at all to you, uh, this New York Times article with Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Chris Paul talking about him being shocked that he was moved and Isaiah Thomas being involved in it? I think it's pretty interesting how involved Isaiah Thomas is because it's clear from reading this that Chris Paul wants to make it known that this was basically Isaiah Thomas's call, is how I read it. He mentioned Isaiah three times yes. out of nowhere. Wasn't ever asked about him, but he's mentioned him three times. The fact that he found out him and his wife from their son, that looks bad uh, for the Suns. Um, and it makes me think maybe the Wizards did win this trade. If they're trading with Isaiah Thomas, that's a good way to win a trade. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's very weird. Um, but 
it kind of was similar to me to like every time you're reading a story about the Lakers, you're like, why are they still talking to Kurt and Linda Rambis? But they're always talking to Kurt and Linda Rambis, even though they're not completely, um, you know, like they're not employed by the franchise. You're allowed to talk to other people if you want to. And apparently Matt Ishbia loves talking to Isaiah Thomas. He was sitting right there when Ishbia stole the ball from Nikola Jokic. Right when uh, they were getting ready to make the Kevin Durant trade, there were hints of Isaiah Thomas being involved to the fact where Ishbia had to come out and say, no, 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 he's not involved. Clearly he's involved. Yeah. And that's going to be the case going forward because if it hasn't stopped after he said he's not employed by us, it's not going to stop. Chris Paul is a calculated individual. Indeed. He knows what he's doing by saying that. And I don't know if he's had a a prior history with Isaiah Thomas um, uh, prior to this season at all, uh, but he's doing it for a reason. And whether that's just to say that this was Isaiah Thomas's decision, he is Matt Ishbia's right-hand man in private, whether whether or not he is in public or not. Maybe it just could be that. Maybe they could have... uh, some you know prior butting heads as uh, former incredible point guards uh, in the league that that could that could happen but uh, he did this for an absolute absolute reason for sure yeah and whether he's just pissed off that he's leaving um, yeah he's he's pointing it out how do you think uh, this trade impacted Chris Paul's book sales positively <laughs> or negatively because that's what he was promoting right on GMA there <laughs> his yeah. new book. I just wonder. I mean, it's good. It's good in the sense his name is in the news. Yes, for sure. <laughs> trends, Google yeah. Trends. Right. Why? Why wouldn't it help? I would think it would. Yeah. I would think it would. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night, sort of related to uh, this Chris Paul trade. It's from at Shrieky Shooter. James Jones is a genius. He keeps trading all the Suns' picks for stars on massive salaries so he doesn't have to do any draft research, and he's hitting the second apron of the luxury tax. Means he'll even have fewer things he'll be able to do in the future. James Jones is the work-life balance king. Just made me chuckle to come back to the Bradley Beal trade. It's like James Jones is like, all right, <laughs> done. That's why I said on yesterday's <laughs> show, just go to the free agent list, short, sort it low to high, yep. and look at the guys who don't want to shoot. That's who you got to call. That's it. Call? No. Do an email. Huh. And just like, uh, so you don't have to make it personalized. <laughs> you can just like blast it to all of them, the same email. And just hey, see y'all. Respond. Hey, y'all. Got some openings here in the desert. Uh, it would uh, be for a vet's minimum. Are you interested? Realistically, though, James Jones doesn't have to do anything. Isaiah Thomas is doing it all. Oh. Right? I mean, <laughs> these are not uh, James Jones calls. Right, it does right. not feel like at all. This is a uh, Matt and Isaiah joint here um like james jones was talking to chris paul on the phone the day that the trade happened didn't say anything and then chris paul is basically like i was surprised right which makes you think maybe james James jones Jones was surprised as well yeah so he might have the ultimate work-life balance and that he has all life (laughs) he just does his name he's got the cards that says he's the uh, gm here of the phoenix suns Any thoughts on this tweet there, Tash? Great tweet. I actually retweeted it yesterday, not knowing that. that it was coming. There you go. Because I thought it was a heck of a tweet. Heck of a tweet. <laughs> it's a heck of a tweet. <laughs> well, that's what we're looking for in Tweet of the Night. A heck of a tweet. Uh, all right, let's call it there. Our mock draft went a little longer than I thought, but, uh, you know, we had all this intel that we had to uh, share with you guys. Uh, uh, Nick, Smith, com- Nick Smith is skinny. Just that's your, to get that intel. That's your final note. <laughs> yeah, didn't get that intel. Well, in. how skinny? Like, me skinny? Super skinny. 
yeah. yeah. Nick, caller, Nick yeah. Smith. All right, all right. And you got anything in your notes from our mock draft? Uh, yeah, yeah. Two more, two more terms I really love hearing around draft time. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. This guy can do everything, but what's he great at? No one knows. Mm. And, of course, fluid hips. <laughs> That's a great one to me. I, I, turn? It felt like this draft, again, it was like, if or as player X's shooting evolves, he has a chance to be a real all-star caliber player. Yeah, if he's It's always great. shooting evolving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which yeah. is, I mean, hey, you can learn. You can teach. Do they have the intangibles? Do they have that? Do they have that athleticism? That high basketball IQ? Okay, we'll How's stop. the intel? <laughs> Intel's great. Intel's man. great on this guy. <laughs> intel is great. Let's call it there. Thanks to everybody for joining us live here on YouTube. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Share the show with your friends. Podcast listeners, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. We'll be back later this week. Uh, again, plans to do a little playback watch party for some of the NBA draft, maybe a little second screen experience for some of you guys. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoDunksInc and on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. Thanks to Jerome for helping us out with the mock draft board. We will see you when we see you. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I'll take that playback a step further. Sign up. Turn on your notifications. Boom, boom. You know when we log on. It's a lot of fun. I'm watching a WNBA game tonight with my friends, Nikias and Steve Jones. There you go. Done, done. Brace the day, people.